among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. A couple years ago, my wife Jane and I had the opportunity to go on a pilgrimage to Poland, of all places, with Jeff Cavins, Father Josh Johnson, Father Todd Lloyd, and 43 other pilgrimage people. We went to a city, I'll probably mispronounce it, Neopokalanov. And in that city is a basilica dedicated to Mary. It's a beautiful church. But on the side of the church, off to the side, there is an adoration chapel that has, it's a life-size image of Mary. And right here is the Blessed Sacrament. It's stunning. We had about 25 minutes there to pray, I think. But I'm telling you, my friends, you could spend hours contemplating that, looking at that image, just being in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the womb. This isn't a science lesson either. Human beings have been given the privilege to create new life with Jesus, with Christ, with God. Even the angels aren't given that privilege. We are. With that, though, comes responsibility. It is in the womb of a woman where new life begins, where out of eternity from nothing comes a soul and new life and a body. That's amazing. In this quiet, private, holy sanctuary called the womb. When I think about that monstrance in that adoration chapel and I listen to this uh, reading, it reminds me how beautiful that is. If you consider this also, Elizabeth, this, this reading follows the Annunciation. Mary was just told by the angel Gabriel that the power of the Holy Spirit will overcome her and she will bear a son and they will name him Jesus. What does she do? Does she huddle down in her house and say, I think I'm going to lay low for a eight or nine months. No. She travels in haste to go see her aged kinswoman, Elizabeth, and she takes care of her. 
my friends, we are called to care for life from the very beginning. If you look at the reading, <clears throat> Elizabeth doesn't say, she doesn't refer to this infant in Mary's womb as a mass of fetal tissue. She calls it a child. And why and how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She already knows what Mary is carrying. We are called, my friends, to defend life from the very beginning until natural death. That's our responsibility. Another point here. Mary, like I said, didn't languish up there in Nazareth. She came down to just shy of Jerusalem. Elizabeth lives right outside of, or lived right outside of Jerusalem about five miles. It's about an 80-mile trip. And Mary did not take a tour bus, believe me, to get there. Probably rode a donkey. She was the original, the holiest, and the most beautiful monstrance that has ever been. When I think about that adoration chapel in Poland, I think about Mary going out and presenting Jesus Christ to the whole world. We have a monstrance here that is beautiful when we have adoration and exposition. But think about that. This woman, the mother of God, the mother of our Lord, was presenting Jesus to the world. We are called to do the same. We are called to be living monstrances, if you will, for the world. To let people see Jesus Christ through us. So question, how does that happen? In a, how do we manifest that in a real way in our lives? I'd like to give you a perfect example here. Yesterday, we had a funeral mass for Virginia Gokey. And it amazed me how many classmates of their children, of their kids, came to offer them condolences, to be with them, to tell them, I love you. Friends, family, relatives. It's a beautiful thing. That is being a monstrance of Jesus Christ. We are called to do the same, to live 
that way, to forgive each other, to exercise prudence, to be loyal to each other, to be courageous. In short, to live like Jesus and to love like Jesus Christ. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. In less than a week, it will be Christmas. This week, let us dedicate our lives to becoming a living monstrance of Jesus Christ so that when they see us, when people see us, they see our Lord.